Hey, thanks for tuning into our podcast today. My name is Derek Puckett. I'm the lead pastor at Renewal Church of Chicago. If you want to know more information about us, you can head to our website at RenewalChicago.com. I pray today that this message is a blessing and an encouragement to your soul. Well, as we've been walking through uh, this series, What Do I Believe? Have y'all been enjoying this? I mean, what do I believe? I, I, last week we talked about the church. This week we're going to talk about creation. Y'all got to meet me in Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. We're going to read bits of the creation story. We're not going to read the whole thing, but we'll read it, uh, parts of it. And I do implore you as you go home, maybe in your quiet time this week, maybe even right after church, go ahead and read that whole first chapter of Genesis chapter 1 to just get all of the context of what we're speaking on and talking about today. And maybe just even hear it read. Open up the Bible app and just let it read to you. Uh, Genesis chapter 1. We're going to start in verse number 1. If you got to go ahead and stand on your feet with me if you're able. Genesis chapter 1. Here now the reading of God's word. Starting in verse 1. We'll read verse 1 and 2 and then we'll skip down to 26. Verse 1 begins and it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water. Skip down to verse 26. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let, him have, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, behold, I love that word, behold. He says, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth. And every tree with seed in its fruit, you shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the heavens and to everything that creeps on the earth everything that has the breath of life I have given every green plant for food and it was so and God saw everything that he had made and remember these words he said behold it was very good and there was evening and there was morning the sixth day very word of God amen today again I want to preach on creation Creation. Before we go any further, let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for this morning. You are an awesome God. We thank you, God, that we get to dwell in the presence of you, God, that we get to just sing songs and worship, and we get to fellowship with a body of folks that believe. God, I just pray right now that you would open our hearts to what you would have for us here this morning. God, that you would decrease me and that you would increase in this play. Father, have your way in me and let my words be acceptable in thy sight. Father, have your way this morning. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus that we all said together, amen, amen. You can be seated. 
Friends, you remember growing up and someone did that trick where they took their hand and they put it behind your ear and then a coin appeared out of nowhere. Y'all remember that? You remember, when, you remember when somebody did that to you? And some of y'all know the trick right now, okay? I get it. But y'all remember when you were little and somebody put, maybe it was an uncle or somebody, grandpa in the family, they took their hand and they put it behind your ear and they pulled out this coin. And you were amazed. Like, what happened? How did that come to be? Where did the coin come from? Y'all remember that? You see, creation... When we look at the scriptures and we read it, sometimes it's sort of like that. How did it come to be? See, when we look at the doctrine of creation and we read through the scriptures, there's loads of proof of God being the creator of all things. But there's many different intangibles that come with this. Like, how old is the earth really? Is it millions of years? I mean, how old is the earth? I mean, did God really create it in a six literal day, 24-hour period? Or is it more? I mean, what happened to the dinosaurs? Was it a meteor or was it global warming, as they say? I mean, what was it? Better yet, what happened to the saber-toothed tigers? I only see them on, on, on cartoons. I mean, what happened to them? There's all these questions when we're dealing with creation that we don't have definite answers to. So as we jump into this passage and we walk through this doctrine of creation, here's what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to spend my time here today trying to defend creation against all the other theories and understandings of how things came to be in our world today. Because I know, just like when we talked about the church last week, if I took a poll of the people within this body or within the second service, all the people within Renewal Church, y'all, we would get many different answers of how creation happened. See, this is one of the most widely discussed and disagreed upon topics all throughout human history. Theologians are still arguing about this. So what I will do, though, this morning is I will give you the classic doctrine of creation. And I'm going to talk about how God created everything, why he did it, and how it benefits us. With that, I have three different points that I want to walk through this morning. You got your pen out, write these down. Number one, God is creator, but yet imminent. Number two, God made everything to glorify himself. And number three, God made everything. Good. Let me say it again. Number one, God is creator, but yet imminent. Number two, God made everything good to glorify himself. And number three, God made everything good. As we begin, I, as I said in the beginning, I'm not going to walk through all of this creation story or this narrative right here, but it's important that we pay attention to those first two verses that we read because it lets us know that God created everything out of nothing. In Latin, this phrase would be pronounced ex nihilo. Everybody say ex nihilo. Ex nihilo, that means out of nothing. Augustine, one of the great church fathers of old, he would, he would develop this term. He didn't necessarily coin it, but he would develop this term and make it widely popular. He would say these words. Look at this. He'd say, God spoke the universe into being out of nothing. God did not take eternally pre-existing matter or substance and reshape or reconfigure it into the present world. 
his creative activity is not like that of human artists. So with that said, this, this classic Christian doctrine of creation, this is what this is. God created something out of nothing, ex nihilo. Now hear me, with the doctrine of creation, one has to begin with this understanding that God is preexistent. You have to understand that he's preexistent, meaning that he existed before time began. He is God. Now why do we have to begin with that? Because if we don't begin with the understanding of God being preexistent, it undermines the God of the Bible and the fact, all of Christianity. It undermines who God is. There is no one before God. He is creator. The Bible tells us he is the alpha and the omega. He is the beginning and the end. He created all things. And as you see today, as we walk through this passage, we'll talk about creation. Creation speaks about an intelligent, a good, a majestic, and a creative creator. Friends, let me, let me say this. The more you read this Bible, the more you read through the scriptures, the more you flip through the pages, you read about the goodness of God, the more you fall in love with him, but the more you get to understand his heart for creation. You get to understand and see the proof that he is truly the creator as you read through the scriptures. So as we begin understanding the Christian doctrine, this ex nihilo, creating something out of nothing, God was in existence before anything that was made was made. Therefore, don't miss this. Everything is dependent on him, but he's not dependent on creation. Don't miss that. This is why in Genesis 1, this is very key. That first verse, it starts with it saying, "Begin in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You notice that it doesn't start with verse 2. It doesn't start with verse 2 and say there was some earth and there was something that needed to be formed or there needed to be shaped. No, it starts with, the, it says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, meaning he was there before anything was there. That's what Augustine is trying to get at. He's trying to say, no, 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 God didn't come and just give us some shape to the earth. He didn't just come and bring form to the earth. He was there before anything was made. He's not just the designer, y'all, but he's the architect and the chief builder. Let's not miss that. This is key to understand because I think that we as humans, this may be you, y'all, we get too overwhelmed with stuff that we weren't supposed to have any control over in the first place. Stuff that God didn't tell us to have control of. We're overwhelmed all the time. We worry about everything. Matthew 6, it talks about the birds of the air and the lilies of the field. They don't have any worries. They know that God is going to take care of them, but yet we worry about everything. Worry about our finances. We worry about the next meal we're going to have. We worry about what kind of clothes we're going to wear. Girl, how I look today. I mean, we're worried all the time. But then you keep on reading in Matthew 6, verse 31, it says, Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. Now, don't miss that because that's Jesus talking. When Jesus says this, it's because God is not dependent on creation. He's not dependent on anything outside of himself, but yet he rules. He rules over everything instead of being dependent. So, therefore, we don't have to worry because as the scripture tells us that, that if he could take care of the flowers, y'all miss that. If he could take care of the flowers that are here today and are gone tomorrow, how much more will he take care of humans who are made in the image of God? 
Y'all hear me. There is special provision on this earth and in heaven towards humans from God. We just got to trust him. And someone needs to hear that because we walked in this morning and you're worried about something. You can't even really hear the words that I'm preaching this morning because your mind is so preoccupied with something. You're worried. And God is saying, trust me. Believe in me. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these other things will be added to you. Family, God is both transcendent and imminent. Transcendent meaning he is majestic, he's magnificent, he's grand, he's holy, and he's far greater than any of his creation, but yet he's imminent meaning that he's near, he's present, he's fully involved with his creation. Don't miss this family. Why is this important? Friends, to understand the God of the Bible, this important biblical tension we must understand and appreciate. See, see, because most people, and maybe even here and outside of here and in other religions, we either put God on one side of the spectrum or we put him on the other extreme. We say God is high and lifted up and he created everything and he's like the man up there with the puppet strings. He, he doesn't, he, he's, he's, he's so disattached from everybody or he's on the other side of the spectrum and, and God is so intimately woven into us and what we do. In other words, people say it this way, Jesus is my homeboy. I mean, it, it, we put him on one extreme or the other. Hear me, God is both transcendent and imminent. This is important. Some of y'all not following me, so let me break this down a little bit. Let me show you through the scripture. God is first transcendent and distinct from creation where he sits high above all that he's made. Psalm 113.4 would tell us this. Look at this. It says, the, world, the Lord is high above all nations. And his glory above the heavens, who is like the Lord our God, who is seated on high, who looks far down on the heavens and the earth. He sits high above creation, high above the heavens and the earth. Other passages like Isaiah 66, 1, 2 says this, thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne, I love it, and the earth is my footstool. What is this house that you would build for me? And what is this place of my rest? All these things my hand has made. And to all these things, the, the, these came to be, declares the Lord. I mean, he said, heaven is my throne. And the earth is my footstool. Y'all know what a footstool is? That's what you put your feet on when you're watching TV. He, he said, the earth is my footstool. God sits high and he's lifted up and he's made all these things. But yet at the same time, y'all, here's the good news. He's always actively, he's always personally engaged with his creation. David writes about this in Psalm 8, one of my favorite. He says these words. He says, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you would care for him? See, when David's writing these words, y'all, he said, it really doesn't make sense, God. Like, why would this holy God, who can gain nothing from creation, still care for it? He's transcendent, but yet he's imminent. But some of y'all still don't believe me. Other passages like Acts 17, verse 27 through 28. I'm going to get y'all to go with me this morning. Y'all missing it. He says this in Acts 17. Yet he is actually not far from each one of us. Some of y'all know this. For in him we live and move and have our being. 
And even some of your own poets have said, for we are indeed his offspring. Friend, do you hear the words of the scriptures? Do you see these words of the scriptures and what they're proclaiming? God is both transcendent, high and lifted up, but also imminent. He's with us. I know some of y'all still sitting there saying, but, but, but I see, why is this important? Transcendent, but yet imminent. I'm still missing it. Why is this important? Hear me, hear me clearly. This is important because when one understands this truth, when one understands this tension and consent in it, it's then when you're humbled by the majesty of God. You're humbled. But yet at the same time, you experience now the closeness of a shepherd. Ooh, y'all missed it. You see, this understanding is what allows Christians to live and roam freely like the birds of the air. Because we know not only did God create everything, but yet he's intimately woven into all of it and he cares for it. But y'all still missing it, right? Let me, let, me, let me make it a little bit more plain. I have five kids. Y'all know that, right? I have five kids. Five kids. Follow me with this. I'm years older than all of my kids. I am at least two feet taller than all of my kids. Maya's trying to creep up, but I'm, I'm still two feet taller than little Maya. I make way more money than all of them because none of them have any jobs, at least that pay money. Because in my house, y'all, you can't be in my house and not have a chore. This ain't no hotel. Amen, somebody. <laughs> but none of my kids' family bring anything to the table that I can't gain for myself already. In fact, they take from me. They take my energy, they take my time, and they take my money. But hear me with all that. My wife and I, we didn't just do the do, lay in the bed and do the do, and then just pop out a kid and say, well, you know what? I don't want nothing to do with you. You know, you can live in my house. You can be here, but I'm up here, you down there. Oh, dirty diaper, you got that. I wish I could have said that, but I didn't, you know? We didn't, we didn't leave them be. No, no. Everything that my children are involved in or need or want in life, my wife and I are intricately woven into the equation. Some of y'all follow me, some of you are not. When they, they achieve things in their life, it's because we taught them. They, they got a roof over their heads, it's because we paid for it. They got clothes on their back and food on the table because we bought it. Some of y'all still missing where I'm going with this this morning. Because here's the thing, this is what we miss. Some of y'all not amening because this is where we are. We miss this. This is the difference between kids and us. See, I, I like to think that children, as Jesus talked about in the scripture, children, they kind of get this in their childlike minds, this little idea of imminence and transcendency. They get it. Because when a problem arises, you know what they do? Mommy, daddy, can you help me? A little DJ this morning, he, he came up to me. He's barely even two years old, not even two feet tall. He, he brings me his shoes. Daddy, please, please, put my shoes, shoes, shoes. It's too big for him. He can't figure it out, so he comes to his daddy. But see, that's where we miss it. See, as humans, family, and adults, we miss this transcendency and imminency of God, the fact that he's high and lifted up, but yet at the same time, he still wants to be with us because when a problem arises, we don't come to God. And I'm not just talking about Christians. I'm talking about Christians and non-Christians alike. When problems arise in our lives, we don't turn to God. We turn inward 
to ourselves and try to figure it out ourselves until we end up in a place that we never should have been in the first place. Like, God, how in the world did I get here? And God all the while is sitting on the sideline like, look, I made everything, including you. Try trusting me. I got you. Try trusting me. That predicament that you're in right now, you can't get yourself out of? Trust me. That sin struggle you've been dealing with for years, ah, tr just trust me. That, that problem, the, the fact that you, you feel not, you're not satisfied, you're not getting the fulfillment from your job, stop working so hard. And that's not gonna, you're not going to get fulfillment that way. Trust me. He said, just trust me. I made everything, and I'm with you. Isaiah 57, 15 says this. I love it. I dwell in the high and holy place. Look at these words. And also with him who is of a contrite and lowly spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. He says, I dwell in a high and holy place, but yet I'm with the lowly and the contrite in spirit. Friends, God is both transcendent yet imminent with us when it comes to creation. We just need to trust him. Because not only did he make us and everything else, but he cares and he's intimately woven into all of it. See, Christians worship a God who is both the great I am and God our Father. See, the same God who made everything, who's holy without sin, sees each one of us in the midst of our mess. And instead of wiping us all out, you know what he does? He sends his son Jesus, God in the flesh, to come down here and die on the cross, the death that we should have died. Because we couldn't hold up to this holy standard. So he lived the life that we're supposed to live and dies the death that we should have died. And now if we believe in Jesus, we enter into a covenant relationship back with God. One that we don't even deserve because of his death, burial, and resurrection on our behalf. Family, don't miss the goodness in God being transcendent but also imminent with us. He's good. Now, family... With all of that, if you're like me, probably might leave you in a place where you're having a bit of questions. I mean, why would God, why would a holy God want anything to do with creation, with all of his flaws today, right? I get what you're saying. He's imminent and he's transcendent, but what, why? Why would he want to, do, want to do anything with the creation today? And see, what this question to understand is one would have to understand how and why God made everything in the first place. Which brings us to the second point. God made everything in order for it to glorify him. All of creation was made to give God glory. Psalm 19.1, I love it. It says, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. See, all that has been created... And he has created, has been created to give God glory. I love this verse because sometimes when you read it, because I, I think we miss the significance in it, which is why we fail to worship him. 
Because here's the thing, if we actually paid attention to creation and the beauty of creation, y'all, we wouldn't need a preacher to tell us about God. If we actually paid attention to the beauty and the magnificence of all creation with all of its many particularities, y'all, we wouldn't need to be told about God, but yet we would fall to our knees and raise our hands and worship God. I mean, take the intelligent design of humans, where no two human DNAs are exactly the same. We all come in different shapes and sizes and colors and sometimes from the same family. Y'all, I'm, I'm the darkest one in my family. People used to ask me, like, man, are you adopted? I'm like, no. That's just the beauty of being black. We come in all different shapes and colors. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, my, my sister lighter than me. I, we, they're still my sisters. That's the beauty of God's creation. Don't miss what he's doing here. See, think about the body, y'all. The body and all of the elements and the things that work together, how blood flows in and out of the heart, the right amount at that, the right, right amount of blood flowing through the ligaments. Think about your ligaments and your joints and, and your muscles and how they work together to move your arms and your limbs. Think about how when you get cut or you get hurt or burned, how your body heals itself. But maybe that's not enough. Think about the galaxy, this Milky Way galaxy that we're in. There's said to be over 400 billion stars in this galaxy. Some would study and say that there's more than 400 billion more galaxies with their own 400 billion stars. And Psalm 147 tells us that God knows all of them by name. Who is this God? I mean, family, will you just sit back and you think about all of creation on earth, from the galaxies to the animals to the insects to humans and how it all came to be with as many particularities, y'all. One, it begins to make your head hurt a bit. But two, on the other hand, one has to come to the conclusion that someone spent time making all of this. And in the passage, it tells us that God did so. He spent time making all of creation. This makes me want to shout. Because when I think about all that God has made, but yet, as I said earlier, he's imminent, meaning that he wants to be with me and care for me. Y'all, that makes me want to worship. That makes me happy. Now, because I don't have to worry about tomorrow because I know that I'm in my father's hands. I'm his creation. He's the creator and he's taking care of me. That's good news. But with all that said, God did not just make everything for his glory. But hear me, he's worthy of our worship. He's worthy of our worship. John writes in Revelation 4.11, he says this, Worthy are you, Lord, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things. And by your will, they existed and were created. Family, when you take a second and you think about creation, you think about all of it, and the things I just described, things I just talked about, it causes one to worship. It, It causes one to give praise. But with all that, it makes one come to the conclusion, don't miss this. It makes you come to the conclusion of, I can't do that. I can't create something out of nothing. 
I can't make a human out of the dust of the earth with all its complexities. I can't do that. It makes one say, I can't put the stars in the sky. I, I can't make animals or the air that we all breathe. I can't do that. One has to come to the conclusion when you're looking at creation, I can't do that. But to the one who is able to do all these things, I give him praise and I give him the glory. See, God is worthy of our worship and praise. But see, this is why some of y'all not amening in here. Because we, we missed that part. A lot of times we, we hold creation in our own hands like we're the ones who made it. Genesis 1, and 27 says that God made humans in his image. He didn't make us God. He made us in his image, which means that we're like God. We're not God. We're like God in his image, and we're to represent him on earth. Friends, what, what, what this means is that, as I said last week, is that we're made to worship God and give him glory. I know someone in here saying, but, but Pastor D, I, I get all of that. I, I get where you're going. But just because God is creator, that doesn't make me want to worship him. I mean, he's cool and all, but I don't know if I want to worship him. I believe in evolution. I believe in the Big Bang Theory. Okay, cool. I'm glad you believe in that. Cool, cool. Well, let me ask you this. Did evolution come down as a proven form of man? Did evolution die the death that you were supposed to die? Did evolution go to the grave and then rise three days later with power in his hands and be seen by more than 500 people? Did evolution leave you with a helper to walk with you, to talk with you, to guide you in all truth when you don't have any direction in your life? Did evolution do all of that? Nope. Then why are we putting all our trust and hope in evolution? Jesus died the death that we were supposed to die. God sends him down. The Holy Spirit is with us to talk with us, to guide us, to direct us into all truth. He's with us. See, again, family, God is both high and lifted up, but yet he's imminent and wants to be with us. And besides this, I might mess you up with this. Why can't God be over evolution too? Why, why can't evolution exist inside the belief of God. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it is. I'm not going to even defend all of that. But, but let's be careful not to make God too small. He's infinite. We're, we're finite. Let's be careful not to make him too small. Now, with all of that, let, let me say this before you run out here and say, well, God is egotistical. He's arrogant. It's all about his glory, all of that stuff. Let me, let me, just, let me help you out. God did not have to make or create anything to bring glory to himself that he didn't already have. See, there was enough glory already within the triune God by himself. He had everything he needed within the community and the Trinity alone. He didn't need anything else, but yet, friends, he, he, he still makes us. See, creation was a free act of God to show off the greatness and the grandeur of God. He doesn't need us, but he still creates us. And then he leaves us with a playground to play in. Y'all get that on your way out of here. He's good. See, creation demonstrates the excellence and the majesty of God. I love how theologian Wayne Gruden, he says it this way. He says, creation was a totally free act of God. He created the universe to show his greatness, to demonstrate his excellence and to delight in his work. 
Therefore, as we take spontaneous delight in God's creative activities, our creative activities, and the creative activities of others, we are giving glory to God by imitating the, the delight he takes in his creation. See, God created everything for his own glory. He delights in it. He is worthy of our worship. This song brings us to the last point, and we'll go home on this one. Grudem just touched on it a bit, but hear me, creation gives God glory, but he also delights in his creation. He made all things in the beginning good. Verse 31 says in Genesis 1 that, that at the end of the sixth day, after making all things, he looked out at everything. And the text says, remember I told you to remember this, behold, it was very good. He didn't say it was bad. It was corrupt. He said it was very good. Now, the word behold here, it brings the reader in closely to look at creation through the eyes of God. This is very key because if we look at creation right now through our eyes and we look around, we look around and say, well, it ain't, pretty, it ain't that good outside. It's not good in the world today. Well, hear me. God didn't make it like that in the beginning. It was perfect. There was peace Humans lived in perfect peace with God. Adam and Eve, they just decided to trust their own flesh and the lust of their eyes and go after more than God had already given them. I mean, in Genesis 3, there's perfect peace that, that is demolished between us and God. And, and now hear me, that perfect peace didn't just get dismantled between God and humans, but that's with the earth too. You know why? Because God had given us dominion. Over all the beasts and of the animals and the birds, everything on this earth. And see, so when we see corruption in the world, it's not because God created it. It's because we did. God, now he's allowing it to happen. He's allowing it for, for us to see our need for him. To come back to him. But hear me, the world as it is right now was never God's intention. He wanted peace and perfection, and that's exactly the way he made it good. Friends, hear me. God made creation in order for us to enjoy the good things of God. That's why when I hear people talk down about Christianity, they talk about all the different things about Christianity. I don't want to be a Christian. It's so boring. Um, all these regulations and things that you have to follow. I, I can't be a Christian. I'm like, have you read Genesis 1 and 2? They, they had one thing to follow. Don't eat from the tree. Everything else they could do. I mean, my man Adam and Eve, they was running around the garden butt naked. I got to make it plain with y'all. Some of y'all don't read the scriptures like that. They didn't have no clothes on y'all, and they were walking around with dinosaurs. <laughs> they weren't afraid of getting eaten. They were walking around at peace. You know why? Because they were with God, and he was with them. God made everything good, and he created it all for us to enjoy it. Friends, I think we, re we need to redefine what it means to be a Christian. We need to call it fun and amazing. And God created the earth and everything in it for us to enjoy it. Now, hear me, sometimes we, we take advantage of that and we misuse creation. That's where we are today. We're messed, we've messed up a lot of different things because, friends, to have dominion is not the same as dominate. Dominion means to subdue, to make it better. As Michael Jackson said, this, this should be a better place. It should be a better place because Christians are in it. 
Now with that, take care of creation, but don't worship it. There, there's a big difference between the two. When, when I can open up my computer or my phone and I can look at your social media timeline and I see more about uh, global warming and save the ocean and hugging trees than I see about God, idolatry is starting to creep in. You're starting to worship creation. And that could go for anything in our lives. That can go for our race. That can go for our spouse, our kids, your pets, etc. on down the line. We can make anything an idol and start worshiping it. Hear me, family. Don't worship creation. Worship the creator. As we come to a close, there's someone in here saying, Pastor D, I hear you. But when I look around, it's hard. It's hard for me. It's hard for me to worship. It's hard for me to live this life because I'm having a hard time. When I look outside these doors, I don't see good. I, I don't see it, and I hear you many days. I feel the same way. I had days like that this week where I wake up and I'm like, God, what are you doing? Why is it like this? I get sad, but then I, I, I pick up the Bible and I remember what he says in his word, the fact that God is, is still going to restore all of this to good even when he didn't make it bad. That brings me back to worshiping him because of how good he is. Let me help some of y'all with this. Revelations chapter 21, verse 1 through 5. Just listen to these words as I read them. He says, this is John telling us this. He says, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more there. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Friends, when I read those verses, it gives me hope. It makes me want to worship because not only is God the creator of everything, high and lifted up, wants to be with me, created me when he did not have to. But yet when I read this verse, family, it lets me know that there is a day that's coming where neither my sin or other people's sin will plague this earth, but they will be no more. And I will be with my father forever and ever in heaven. That's the day to look forward to. That makes me worship. It makes me want to sing. It gives me hope today, not in eternity. I'm going to have hope. To, I'm hoping looking at that, but it gives me hope today. I'm not sure about you, but, but I get it. When I look around this week, you see sickness in the world. You keep hearing the, the rise in the coronavirus going all around, corruption, murder, sin, struggles, pain, suffering. This verse lets me know that Jesus is coming back to take me home one day, and that's a day I look forward to. But until then, family, I'm going to hold this truth close to my chest. I'm going to hide it in my heart, and I'm going to keep on praising him with gladness because he's been good. Because when I open up these scriptures, y'all, my God, my God, 
throughout the ages, as I read the scriptures, has never made a promise that he didn't fulfill. I wish I had time to preach that, y'all, but he keeps his promises. So my brother, my sister in here, if you're here and you haven't placed your faith in Jesus, look, I plead with you today. Trust Jesus, the one who left heaven, sitting up there with his earth and his footstool. He said, no, I want to be with my people. I want them with me. And he dies the death that we were supposed to die. He said, believe in me and you will have life. Trust him today, family, because the promise and the hope of heaven awaits. To my brother or sister that walked in here and you're struggling with life. Life has got you down and you're just, you don't know what to do. You feel hopeless. Like creation is horrible right now. You, you don't know which way to go. I get it. To you, I say, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Because Jesus is coming back one day. Family, to believe in creation is to believe in an eternal creator created everything but yet cares for each one of us and the good news about that is that he's not done yet he's not done yet let's pray father thank you so much for your goodness thank you for your goodness that can be seen all throughout creation throughout the ages that you're a god that doesn't leave or forsake us but you're a God that keeps us you're a God that holds us close you're a God that loves us Father I just pray that as we enter a time of communion that we would just remember you and your goodness you gave it all up for us we have life because of you Father I pray that we would make your altar, the place where we hit our knees and we worship. We give you all of us. Because it's not us that did anything, but it's you that made all things. Thank you for being God. Thank you for loving us. Pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Thanks again for tuning into our podcast today. I pray that it was a blessing and an encouragement to your soul. I look to see you at one of our services at 930 or 11 a.m. on Sunday morning. Take care. God bless you.